2: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for
2: select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Welcome in, everybody, to the Garden Report. My name is Jimmy Toscano. I am your host out of the bullpen today. John Zinnis <laughs> can't make it for the, game, for the post-game show, so it's me. It's Asherod Blakely in the flesh live from the TD Garden after the Celtics drop uh, their preseason game to um, the Toronto Raptors. We did have the graphic up there. What was that final score? It was 125 to 119. Uh, In overtime, a game that you thought the Celtics had. uh, I think everyone thought they had as that fourth quarter started. but. Starters came out. The deep bench we will call. It, the very, very deep bench—a bench that we may not see again—went um, into went in in the fourth quarter. Um, the Raptors, you know, maybe, maybe they were maybe a little, a little Nick Nurse try-hard situation there. Raptors kind of kept it going in the fourth, and they took it in overtime. But um, I think the main takeaways um, we're going to focus on are probably from the first half more than anything else. So, Sherrod, you were there tonight. Um, take us through some of the, the the main things you saw with that starting starting unit.
1: I think they're they're definitely a work in progress, Uh, and and that's a good thing because they're still really good, and you can see there's plenty of room for them to get better. Jalen Brown, once again, came out looking really good early on, aggressive, uh, and it looked more like, in in addition to him being aggressive, it looked like guys were looking for him. Tatum had his struggles early on. I thought Mm -hmm. a lot of that had to do with just his shots. I didn't think he took good shots early on, but he eventually got into a rhythm, and the thing I liked about Tatum in this game was even when he wasn't making shots, he was still able to impact the game in terms of his, his passing and his rebounding. And that has to really become much more a part of his package on a night-in, night-out basis. When shots aren't falling, he needs to get his ass down and get some boards and, and keep the ball moving, which I thought he did a good job early on. And, and Malcolm Brogdon off the bench, I mean, to me, he's going to be the linchpin to this team, really taking that next step from last season because his playmaking has been so much better than I thought it would be. I knew he could – He could get guys the ball and and do those kind of things. But just the way he's getting guys the ball in rhythm, getting it. If they're not catching it in rhythm, they're catching it in a position where they can make a move and finish, or they can make a move and get an open shot. He's done really, really good at that, really, throughout training camp so far. So those are my really big takeaways. Everyone else pretty much did what they normally do. But those three guys in particular, I thought, really stood out in the first half.
2: Yeah, I want to – piggyback on a couple of those points so with tatum I and mean, like you said we're starting to see or we're seeing him pick up from last last season I, I think was the the first year where we really saw him do other things to affect the game when the shot wasn't falling Over 7 from 3 tonight there were games the first few years of his career where he would just kind of sulk about it and not really affect the game in any other way but 10 rebounds tonight led the team uh for assist but like you said his playmaking has definitely improved on that end all that being said of course you want to see him hit shots that's why he's out there on the court he's he's got to be your, you know, your leader on the offensive end. But Jalen Brown, man, I'll say it, he is, he is taking on some, some, you know, additional, um, you know, I guess, luggage here on the offensive end early on in the season, or in the preseason. I'm wondering if we're going to see them a little bit more neck and neck um, when it comes to just leading the team in points. I mean, he's definitely been a lot more aggressive. Um, We've seen all the the workout videos, of course, with him in the in the pool and everything like that, or in the in the water. I don't know if it's a pool or the ocean, wherever the hell he's been. But it looked more um, like an ocean. Yeah, exactly. So it feels like he's really. This is a big, big season for him, right? I mean, for a lot of reasons. You know, obviously the way things ended um, last season, and, and you know the toll that took. But listen, to me he's he, everyone knows what he's playing for. He's playing for more than just a championship. He's playing for his, his next, you know, his next max deal, right? So, um, and, he's, and, and so far, it's looking that way.
1: Yeah, I mean the thing about Jalen, I, I noticed in this game in particular, there seemed to be more of a conscious effort to get him the ball, uh, and, and I, I didn't, I didn't think that has always been the case. The last couple of years, as yeah. we've kind of seen his game expand and grow into him being a really high-impact score, I thought a lot of that was his own doing. I thought that was a lot of him just kind of taking the onus on himself to go and get buckets. But now it seems that they're doing a much better job of just getting him the ball. And, again, I, and I mentioned him earlier. I think Malcolm Brogdon has a lot to do with that. Yeah. Malcolm's game is very contagious. Uh, he is a guy that wants to get others the ball where they can be effective. But he recognizes there are certain times where he's got to go for his. The feel that he has with this group, this early is that's been one of the big surprises uh, for me, because, again, Malcolm, is a, he's a good player, but that doesn't make you a good teammate. That doesn't make you a good fit. Uh, but he's been able to be just that. He's been a great fit, a great teammate. And again, his ability to get guys the ball where they can be most effective has been really refreshing. And frankly, I, I think it gives the Celtics a dynamic to their overall team that's going to be very difficult, I think, for, for opponents to deal with. It seems like
2: Brogdon's exactly what they need out there at certain points. And, and not to say that, you know, guys like Marcus Smart can't provide, you know, facilitating and all that stuff, but they're almost like the yin and the yang with the way that they play their yeah. game sometimes. You know, Malcolm, um, you know, he kind of has a little bit more, I think, tempo to his game. He can kind of pace it a little bit differently, slow the guys down, get them into their sets, find guys in, in like you said, in rhythm and stride and kind of set the tone that way. Marcus Smart's gonna, you know, he's a ball of energy. You know, he can, you know, he's he's gonna get the ball moving up the court. He's gonna play, make that hustle, playing all those things. So I like the dynamic between those two. I don't think they're gonna have any issue um, coexisting, like some people were kind of wondering before the season starts here. Um, And and I think Brett Stevens, he knew who he was acquiring off the court too. I think it was pretty well known amongst uh, around the NBA that you know Malcolm Brogdon is you know uh, a veteran. He's a very well respected player. He's mature. And he, he, he's he's been bitten by the injury bug, right? The last few seasons, he's got a lot to talk about. Guys who have a lot to play for, he's trying to lose that that label that he's injury prone, right? And he's a player that when he came into this league as a rookie, he already looked like an established vet, you know. And that was one of the things that that drew a lot of teams to him is that he can come in right off the bat and help a team win. So you know, a few years into his NBA career now, he's showing exactly that. And um, I think he's going to be huge for the Celtics team, provided he can stay healthy. Um, you know, whether he's starting, whether he's coming off the bench, there's just so many things that he can do. And, you know, that's just a, a player that that's the player that you didn't have last year. Right. I mean, that's the main difference between this year, this year's team and last year's team is that extra guy that can come in and really give
1: you pretty much whatever you need. Yeah. yeah and, and you saw it in, in this game, you know, Marcus Smart looked a lot more like the Marcus Smart of old. And that is a guy that's going to just absolutely be a pain in your ass defensively. And if he gives you something offensively, great. But he's going to make your life a living hell from the defensive end of the floor. And I thought he did a really good job. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that the best scorer on Toronto's roster is a guard by the name of Fred Van Vliet, who had seven points and was three for 12 shooting. And Marcus had a lot to do with that. And that's, to me, that's why I think the Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart tandem can work because if you allow Marcus just to be an un just an untamed defensive demon and not have to worry about playmaking not have to worry about shot making just worry about the thing that you do exceptionally well mm-hmm. Malcolm can do a lot of that playmaking for the team he can do he is, is a better scorer than Marcus uh also so uh, that's why I think it's a it's a great one to punch and, and and Malcolm you know defensively I think I think he's better than what we've seen uh, he's a great positional defender. I, I noticed he tends to consistently be in the right spot, but he's not reaching. He's not trying to get a steal. He's, he maybe will try to draw a charge every now and then, but he's just a really solid defender, and he's a smart, heady defender. He knows he doesn't have you know the, the Marcus Smart-like defensive instincts and things like that, but he's smart enough to be where he's supposed to be and make sure that he – more than anything else, he makes sure that he's that body between the, his opponent and the rim. He's very good about making sure that there's some distance, that, that he's that that barrier. Uh, he doesn't block shots or anything like that, but that's okay. He's a really solid positional defender, which allows Marcus to go ahead, like I said, become an exceptional defensive pain in the ass.
2: Where does that, where does that leave Derek White? You know, we've, we've talked a lot about Smart. We've talked a lot about Brogdon. Celtics has added Derek White to this team last year in a big, you know, a big trade in the season. I think most would say probably hasn't quite lived up to the expectations so far. I mean, that's to put it to put it lightly. How does Brogdon change Derek White's role? Does it change it at all? Does it make White more expendable? Does it make, you know, what's you know, talking about dynamics, you know, where do you see White's White fitting in here um, with this team?
1: Well, I think with Derek, uh, I think he's starting to feel or figure out what exactly what he needs to do. Uh, I don't think they necessarily knew how to utilize him earlier this year. He's he's basically playing a little bit more off the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's they're looking for him to be a little bit more of a maybe a hockey assist guy uh, who can occasionally knock down shots. I thought I thought it was really telling that you he was two for three from three point range, uh, and you know there was another three that he hit that was waved off because there was a, a call made before. Right as he launched it against the Celtics. So I think Derek's going to be fine. I think he gives him another option. He gives him another multi positional player out there who can really play the two, three, and in small ball lines could potentially play some four defensively. And that to me, I think for the Celtics, that's the one thing. If there's one thing you take away from last year's run, it's good to have options. And your options don't have to always look the same or play the same. Uh, Everyone has different strengths and weaknesses. And certainly with Derek. You know, he's not the greatest shooter in the world, but his versatility as a defender and playmaker is something that can benefit the Celtics. And I, I, this was a solid game for me. It wasn't a great game, but it was a solid game. And, and he's a guy that, again, I do think that over the course of the season, there are going to be nights where he's going to will you to victory. And it's not going to be a ton of nights. But when the margin of success in playoff seating is going to be as thin as I believe it will be this year, his great games might be the difference between you getting the number two seed versus the number four or five. Uh, And so that's to me, that's why he has value. You're not counting on him to be great every night, but every now and then he can be great on the nights when he's not, he needs to be solid. And then tonight was a solid night for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the, you look at where the team was going into half, you know, a solid double digit lead um, played just, I thought played just as strong in that third quarter there, there there's a lot of things to like, we'll we'll talk about the fourth quarter we have to, I mean, this is, this is a, a game recap. Now, with about seven minutes left in the fourth, Celtics lineup is Justin Jackson, Sam Hauser, Broderick Thomas, our guy Kevin Gelly, and Peyton Pritchard. And the S hit the F, and you know what that stands for. And um, I-, I think anyone who watched that game, it was kind of it was kind of funny because typically you would be ripping your hair out at at a at a loss like this, but because it's preseason, because you see the the, the players that you saw in the game you knew that um, Celtics weren't going to just go ahead and put the starters back in the game just to get this win. So you kind of take it with a grain of salt. Of course, you want to see that bench unit try to close things out. You know, you got a guy like Hauser in there. You have a guy like Pritchard in there. What'd you see from those two guys? Because those might be the only two guys out of that group that we're going to see later on this season, I would imagine. So um, anything, any positives to take out of that? or was I didn't necessarily think, I mean, I thought Pritchard had a pretty bad game, to be completely honest. Um, He was a minus 25 and Maybe it was some of the players he was with out there, but I just thought that, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory if you watch the end of that fourth quarter in the overtime there. Nobody, was getting, nobody could get a shot to fall.
1: Um, no, well, I, I, I would I I would, I would uh, slightly disagree with that, only because the one guy who did have shots falling, I didn't think they did a good enough job down the stretch. Hauser? In the, or, or, Hauser. He, listen, Hauser's shooting damn near 67% for three-point range in, in, in the preseason. And the thing that he showed tonight – was he's more than just a three-point sniper? You know that he, right. that three-point play he converted with a minute 11 to play in, in regulation. That was and nice. He put him up. That was nice, and he and that wasn't the first time in this game that he put it on the floor and was able to do some work in the paint. And that to me is why he's going. You you're going to have to play him because he right. has the ability to give you something off that bench. And when you got a playmaker like Malcolm and a sniper like Hauser coming off the bench, those two guys can help you. Can basically. Give you a little something when you have Jalen and or Jason on the bench. Uh, That's what this, again, as I mentioned earlier, you got to have options. You have to have guys who can give you different things. And right now, if you look at this roster, there is no better shooter on this team than Sam Houser.
0: All right, quick pause to tell you about our exclusive wagering partners and one of our sponsors here at the Garden Report, Bet Online over at betonline.ag football is back and bet online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season find all of the latest football odds news and game matchups bet online is your continued source for all your wagering information including live betting free contests and live scores always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events including of course mlb mma tennis uh, boxing, and of course, even golf. You know you're gonna have basketball and hockey coming around the corner as well, so get ready for that. Use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that code is CLNS50. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts.
1: And yeah, I don't even think it's even close. I and mean, I'm talking about just flat out can make shots. I'm not talking about put it on the floor, pull up, and all that other stuff. Right. Just make shots. He's one of he's I think he's the best. Well,
2: this is this is what this is what is hot on right now. And if he was on the show, he'd be screaming about it right now. We we heard about the legend of Hauser many points last season, right? He's shooting the lights out in Maine. He's like, and there's a lot of Celtics fans, you know, diehard Celtics fans who were screaming, Hauser can play, put Hauser and put Hauser. And Celtics never did it, right? And they needed shooting many times. And the, the the question is you know, how much better really could he have gotten from last year? I mean, he was a great shooter last year. He's still a great shooter now. And he's not – and John's point is this. He's not killing them on the defensive end either. So why couldn't he get burned last season? And based, and, and basically what you're telling me is that we should expect to see um, – you know, we should expect to see Hauser minutes as we, as we enter this season here.
1: Well, yeah, with, with Danilo Gallinari's injury, I think that pretty much, you know, opened the door and then some for Sam to get minutes. I think even if Danilo – or healthy, they find a way to get Sam on the floor. But the, the, back to your original question about him not playing last year, he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. I mean, there was no one within that organization second-guessing themselves about Sam Hauser because as good a shooter as he may be in an open gym and as good a shooter as he may be in an occasional five-on-five, he when he got a chance to play, he didn't light the world on fire. Tonight, he made his first three threes. That's how you, that's yeah. how you get minutes. You if you are a guy that's getting on the floor and you know going in you're gonna get limited minutes, you have to waste no time in making an impact. Tonight was a great example of how you can basically force them to play you. He made his first three shots. If you're a sniper and they're leaving you wide open, you make them pay. That's exactly what he did. So I, I understand the thinking behind. You know, what if he played more last year? Than how much better they'd be. Well, he wasn't ready because he because when he got his opportunities, he, he did not make the most of it. Uh This year, he's doing that, and I I think again, I think last season was a bit of a kind of a, a wake up call of sorts. But what Matt Ryan did in summer league, while while Sam yeah. was hurt, that was the I think that was the big time. Wide, I'm like, yo, when I get back out of here, I got to do what I'm paid to do. I mean, they're giving they're guaranteeing me, you know for a couple years here, they're investing in me and they're only going to be comfortable with that unless I do one thing and one thing. Well, and that's make shots. And that's what he did. Now you had mentioned um, Pritchard earlier. I didn't think he played a good game either. Uh, I, I, I didn't, I haven't seen the kind of growth in him as a playmaker that I thought we would see at this point Mm -hmm. in his career. He's not Mm -hmm. bad. I just don't think he's gotten much better. Uh, And because of his size, you know, it's not like he's all of a sudden going to be an amazing, he's a solid shooter. Yeah, um, I don't but I don't to be think he a better he's got, f- distributor for yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I don't think his playmaking has gotten any better. I think his shot making is about what it was when he came into the league. He was a good shooter coming into the league, but yeah, you know how it is. The, the longer you're in the league, if you don't show growth, it's like anything else. If it doesn't grow, it's going to eventually wither away and not be of value. And that's my concern with Peyton. I think he's a good player. I just I don't think he's growing. The kind of way that you would think someone who's been in this system would mm-hmm. grow, and the Celtics—they, you know, they're no—they're not the least bit hesitant to cut you, to kick you to the curb if they don't think you're growing. I mean, no. they, they remember the dis. Yeah, I mean, they and they and they drafted a guy at your position who's bigger than you. And if we're being honest, I mean, how often do you get to draft a five-star recruit in the NBA in the second round, one year into college? All right. There's a reason why he was he was that highly thought of coming out of high school, and you were able to get him with like a second round pick, uh, which yeah again, he's a project, even, but yeah, yeah I mean a couple of years from now who knows or a year yeah. from now, right, right. So I, and again that, and <laughs> if he's able to become more of a shot maker in the next year or so, uh, and he has good playmaking skills, which I think which I think he does, Peyton becomes somewhat expendable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hate to hate to put it that way because I, again, I think he's a solid NBA player, and I think he's going to be in the NBA for a yeah, long, long he's a, time. He's a role. In some, fashion. I just don't know. I just don't know if he's going to be here, um, because the way that they're starting to stockpile this roster, and the w- fact is, I don't think he's gotten much better since he got here. Right. Um, real quick, circling back to Hauser, Bobby Manning, who is also at the Garden,
2: and will be joining us at some point. Um, it looks like he was in the interview room with. Um, Hauser and um, they asked, they must have asked Hauser a question on C's confidence in him. And he says, You never want to see one of your teammates like Gallinari go down, but it's definitely next man up mentality. So that's a good attitude for him to have. Um, and we can see it out there, you know, he's he looks aggressive out there on the court, he's taking his shots, he looks confident, and he, <laughs> there's no reason to believe the shot's not going to fall, it's been falling. Like you, like you, like you mentioned, a, a pretty uh ridiculous clip right now. Um, so Speaking of Bobby, I think he's going to be joining us uh, very shortly. Before he does, we want to talk to you guys about one of our favorite sponsors, especially one of my favorite sponsors, Calm. You guys want to hit up calm.com slash garden. We'll give you 40% off a Calm premium subscription. I have the app. Sherrod has the app. Everybody on the show has the app. This app can change your life. It can clear your mind. It can put you in the right state of mind, starting your day, ending your day however you want to use it, whenever you want to use it. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's one of those apps that you can really benefit from personally. Every day we hear about how morning rituals can change our day. but Have you ever thought about your evening rituals? Allowing ourselves transition to wind down both our devices and our minds in the evening allows us to stop our racing thoughts and drift off into sleep naturally, Sharad, Power your day by powering off at night. And that's one of the good things that Calm can do for you. Um, so we've been partnering with calm for a while they're one of our, our one of our good friends um, and again if you go over to calm.com slash garden you'll get 40 percent off the subscription that's a great deal um, you know and it's worth it even if you didn't have this, this the uh, the deal it'd still be worth it but 40 percent off is awesome it's a monthly subscription you can cancel it anytime. i don't know why you would certainly i haven't um so for listeners to the show calm is offering an exclusive offer 40 percent off calm premium subscription That's calm.com slash garden. Go to calm.com slash garden for 40% off. And we will probably shout them out a little bit later in the show, but I wanted to get that out there now. Um, It's going to be one of those seasons, folks. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, players coming in and out of the lineups. Your your emotions are going to be all over the place. You're going to want to have calm uh, on speed (laughs) dial. All right. You're going to want to be blasting calm around your surround sound speakers uh, after a game like tonight. If it was regular season game, I would be injecting calm into my veins um, because it was just a frustrating one. Um, But you can't put too much stock into it. Again, there's a lot of pauses to take out of it. We already talked about a lot of them at the top. We haven't mentioned one guy, and um, he's going to be important this season because of the injury to Rob Williams. What do you like out of Al Horford so far in the first couple games, Sherrod? And are you confident that the Al Horford we saw last season, are we going to get that Al Al Horford again this season? You're muted. You're muted, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah. we will get something close to the Al Horford that we've had in the past. Uh, but, you know, with, with each passing year, I mean, obviously the it's somewhat diminishing returns uh, when you talk about Al, but I still think he's got enough in the tank to help this team. I thought tonight he was solid in a minutes he played. I think he had like 8.6 rebounds, something like that in about 20, 25 yep. minutes. And, that's, and that's, that's a solid night for Al. Uh, that, in fact, that's probably minutes-wise where they would ideally like to have him throughout the regular season. Uh, for me, and I think for most of uh, the Celtics, the key with Al is just to manage him throughout the regular season and, rap, and ramp it up come playoff time. Because to me, there was absolutely no doubt, playoff Al was much better than regular season Al. And that's what you want from your veterans. Yeah. That's exactly what you want from your veterans. Uh, and and so, Yeah, 26 uh, it,
2: minutes tonight. I mean, that's right yeah. in that, that sweet spot area. Yeah. Right? yeah I mean. uh, they're going to have to play – you know, are they going to be going a lot smaller now because of the fact that they don't have Rob out there? Are they going to go with more of a lineup that we saw tonight? Or are they just kind of waiting for, you know, a couple of bigs to emerge, you know, whether it's Cornette or whoever it may be? Um, you know, I'm not sure what, what you're thinking about how they're going to start things off in this game.
1: I think they got to go – I think they're going to consistently go with a smaller lineup where you'll have, like, you know, like a Derek White with that first group. Uh, and you'll just go with Tatum – Grant Williams, mm-hmm. you know, um, Fiondu is a possibility. To get some minutes. Oh in the God! Navy. Come on,
2: Noah Von
1: Noah. Yeah, just let's never... talk about. Can we talk about Noah for a second? I, I,
2: there's some people that are wondering why he only got two minutes. He went in there. He looked pretty good in those two minutes, and then they they sat him. Is is he a player that they kind of already know what 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 they what what
1: he gives them I, sort of thing? I, I mean, is he? I think there's a lot of that. I think there's a lot of that with, with his minutes. He's not. I don't. I don't. I figured he would have one shot to really kind of show what he can do, and he did that in that first game. It looked great. It looked really, really good. Uh-huh. Uh, and he hasn't really played much since then. And that's okay because you know what you're dealing with. In the couple minutes he was out there, I mean, he really looked like a man among boys out there. Uh, I mean, he just made some plays at the rim that just, from a physicality standpoint, really jump out at you. And that's what you want from Al, or excuse me, not from Al, but you want from Noah in the grand scheme of things. Get out there, do what you need to do for a couple of minutes, and keep it moving. Um, They're gonna. It'll be interesting to see what they do with with their their bigs that they decide to keep, Uh, because he's definitely someone who I think has done enough to where, at a minimum, you gotta you think long and hard before letting him go. I know you talked about this on the A List podcast, but
2: we haven't heard your take on. The Blake. I haven't heard your take on the Blake Griffin signing, at least not on the Garden report. I know he didn't play tonight. I want to know what your thoughts are on Blake. Does he have a role in this team? I mean, I imagine he does to some extent. But what what are your thoughts on Blake? You've you've been following him, uh, his career for a long time. You know you know a lot about what he I,
1: gives teams. So yeah. just hit us with it. Well, Blake, is, this is a hard one for me because you know for most of his career, I've been a big fan of his game. I love the fact that he went from a guy that could do nothing but dunk to a guy that can face the basket, who a guy can shoot threes, a guy that can do a lot of the things that really showcase the all-around ability to impact games. But that's Blake of the past. That is not the Blake that the Celtics have. I'm struggling with the the with the images that I had from that series against Brooklyn last year, mm-hmm. where Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and pretty much anyone in a Celtics jersey went at Blake like he stole their lunch money when they were in the fifth grade, and he was in the tenth. Hey, they went at, easy. Blake was know, playing with but, heart. He was
2: the only one on that team playing with heart in that series by the end of it.
1: And and that's the thing I like. I, I love the <laughs> fact that even though that team was an absolute train wreck, Blake was still putting in that work, trying to make an impact. But from a phys- from a physical standpoint, I just didn't think he was very good. But the beautiful thing about him with this team is that you don't necessarily need him to be that significantly impactful. Uh, you need him to be a good rebounder, which he's, I think he's always going to be a good rebounder and mm-hmm. give you a bucket or two here and there. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the season. If he's, if, you know, if we see him with the starting lineup, 10, 12 games this year, uh, because when Rob comes back, Rob, I don't believe Rob will play every single game the rest of the season. Al with load management is probably going to miss a game or get a game or two here and there. And that's going to be an opportunity for him to slide into that starting lineup. But Again, and, and, I, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but you want to have options. You want, And this is another option that you did not have at your disposal. They didn't have a veteran coming off the bench with a resume like Blake Griffin's, who on any given night right. can go off for 25 and 10. And to me, that's the value of having guys like Blake Griffin on your roster. It, at, no matter what state they are currently in as far as their body and as far as their ability to impact games, you know on any given night, he can go out and drop twenty-five and ten, and no one will be shocked because you. I might be. I might be, I might be a, little, a little. I shocked. wouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be, Think about it though. I mean, when you scored as many points as he has, you're telling me this. He can, do he it. Is, he can absolutely better. do it, and it. It, I, it, it let me it? put it this way. It might be a surprise, but definitely should not be shocking. How's that? Sure. Does that make me- okay,
2: I'll give you that. Yeah, I mean, if he gets again, he's got to get the the opportunity I think would be the biggest thing, right? Is to, to, to be able to put those, those numbers up, but yeah. we've seen him do it. You know, if his body can hold up then yeah, I think he's a great addition. We talked about this last year, the lack of, I think veterans that the Celtics team needed over the last couple of years, really. And they yeah. bring in guys like, like a Blake, like a Brogdon, they brought in Gallinari. Unfortunately, that didn't work out, but they, they kind of address those needs and they're going to need that leadership more than ever, right? Because of the whole situation with, with, you know, the coach we shall not name, who's, no, who's, not, who's not currently coaching. Um, there's a lot of up and downs with this team, and they're going to need players to step up and be more than just players, right? They're going to need to be veterans. They're going to need to be leaders on the court, off the court. They're going to need to do the right thing, say the right thing, go to bed early, eat the right thing, right, and, and, and really focus on basketball. And I think that's a player um, who can do that. So, um, you know, that being said, another player who can do all those things, Bobby Manning is in the building Bobby are you can you hear us
3: yep I got you you got me
2: oh we got you too awesome how's it going buddy
3: good another good night for the team here I thought Uh, they're pretty much hitting the ground running I feel like have to love the ball movement have to love the free-flowing offense the pace I this almost feels like and I know we saw them hit their stride offensively at times last year but they look fluid they really do through these first two games here in a way that, uh, you know, double-big didn't always allow them to, and some of the stagnation that we saw through playing through Tatum and Brown um, frustrated us at times. Mm-hmm. Turnovers aside, these first two games, I thought they've looked awesome and versatile and uh, just a little bit more fast-paced than last year, and you're almost starting to see Joe Missoula's own imprint on this team, I feel like. Some of it's because Rob's out, right? But Overall, you have to be pretty impressed, I think, with where this team's at, given what happened to start training camp, given that their new head coach is stepping up from the third spot on the bench or wherever he was behind the bench. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of players coming back, some new players getting integrated, and it all just looks pretty smooth to me, which is really encouraging.
2: What, uh, what that, stood Okay, yeah, sure, i go.
3: No, I was just, just going
1: to say, I mean, that's typically what happens when you add veterans who are coming in with the right attitude. Uh, Not veterans who are coming in to expect to play 20, 30, 40 minutes, but veterans who are just like, just tell me what you need, coach, and I'm going to make it happen. Uh, You look at Brogdon. I mean, Brogdon has shown the ability to be an efficient scorer on multiple levels. He's been – I mean, he led Indiana in scoring, well, I think, like two out of three years or something like that. So it's not like he can't score. And he's not like he can't do it efficiently because, remember, it wasn't that long ago where he had a 50-40-90 season, something that is extremely difficult to do in the NBA, shooting better than 50% from the field and 40 from three-point range and 90 from the free throw line. So, offensively, he can get buckets and he can get them efficiently, but clearly he's been around these guys long enough to realize my greatest gift to this team is my playmaking. I can get Jalen and Jason and and anyone else on the floor, Sam Houser, you name them, I can get them the ball where they can either score in that position or take a couple dribbles to get an even better spot to score from. And he's done that consistently through these first couple games, and I anticipate we'll see him more in playmaking mode than we've seen him in some of his other stops before he got to Boston. And that's a great – again, that's what a veteran will do. A veteran right. will figure out what the hell they need to do to help the team win, and Brogdon has clearly figured that out early
3: on. And he said the right things in training camp. We heard that he was going to do this, right? And to see him put in the action right away is super encouraging. I thought one of my favorite plays tonight, and we'll talk a little Tatum too, I'm sure, here. Tatum's struggling early, right? He's missing all those threes. I know you didn't like the shot selection, Sherrod. Probably getting a little frustrated with himself. And Brogdon has this great lane for a bucket on the fast break and just kind of throws it up over his head for Tatum to get an easy dunk. And I think he ended up scoring like three straight, uh, 10 the second quarter from there. So they the way that they settled Tatum down I thought was encouraging here too because he was really struggling early. They got him some good looks inside. And I love that about this offense so far is that you have some other guys handling the ball at the top and letting Tatum play closer to the basket, getting him easier looks. Uh, he's going to have nights. We saw it last year where his shot just isn't there. And it was for much of early last season that we didn't see him shoot well at all. Uh, If you can get him good looks at the basket, free lanes, mismatches, that's going to lead to a night like this where 6-16, to it's not great. This isn't what you want or expect from Tatum. But it ends up being a solid night instead of a bad night. Uh, So they, I thought, supported him well here.
2: Yeah, Sherrod had a similar take on that. I think, you know, talking about um, Tatum being able to do other things when the shots fall in we all agree Tatum can't go over seven every night from three or anything close to that. You know, they're obviously leaning on him to lead the team in scoring. Um, you know, whether or not that happens every night, of course it won't, because you've got guys like Jalen Brown who can um, more than, more than, you know, fill that role when needed, but you want to have Tatum, obviously 18 points is is far below what he's going to average this season, but it's the preseason. And, you know, like you said, Bobby, you know, they're working out the kinks, you know, he's the shot selection tonight was one that I'm sure he'll watch the film back or, or, you know, Missoula will, will will be clipping the highlights and the lowlights. And these, these, these are the times that you learn, right? So you move into the next game and you maybe think a little bit more about some of those shots, but probably maybe forcing a couple of things, trying to get that shot down early. You don't want to start the season on a cold streak. So um, again, um, I, I I don't think the, the end result really mattered a whole much here. When we talk about um, the play overall of the team in the first half, Bobby, anything, um, anything, Any player, anything stand out to you um, in this game?
3: How can we not go to Sam? And I know John wanted to dig deep on this too. Yeah. But, you know, we know the Garden's going to love this guy. They were on their feet every time he shot. And, you know, regardless of who it is, I get the excitement here. I get the Celtics excitement now. And I see some real growth from him. And I was keeping an eye on some of the tape from last year and things he did up in Maine because we didn't see a lot of him, right? He didn't even right. really we get heard. a chance on last year's roster. And for him to come out, and we know how hard it is to come off the bench and shoot and produce with just a couple looks, right? He's just nailing them. And we've seen him do this every time he comes off the bench for garbage time or whatever it is, a couple minutes here or there. He just gets the ball, fires, and makes it. And it's unreal. And we've seen some great shooters come up, uh, not so much on this team, but around the league. And he looks like he's a legit prospect. It, they're going to get him open looks. He's open pretty much on all of these. And uh, for him to give you the little quick rotation where he can extend, let's say the starters give you a five point lead mm-hmm. to a 10, 12 14 point lead with a couple big shots that's basically what he's done through these first two preseason games here and they find places to hide him defensively i don't feel like he's going to have a significant role on the defensive end but if the other team has a guy who's just going to be shooting threes standing at the line he can guard that guy and he can rotate a little bit and they're not switching as much to start this year so i think that's conducive to his success too is not having to switch on the guards or big men and stuff like that this is super encouraging what did he
2: say after the game? Because you were in there, I think, in the interview, correct?
3: Yeah, he, he talked a little bit about how he's using the same mechanics, not too many adjustments. Uh, growing into the success here, Like he's just leaning on the same release he always had. He's got the Virginia connection with Brogdon, so maybe that's a little something that's uh, helping them connect often there. But okay. overall, they're stressing some defense and principles. He's getting them. They feel comfortable playing him. And he's got to be super confident right now, the way he's shooting. 9 of 11 to start his free season here with this team from three. That, that's just ridiculous. I, I mean, we see guys get open looks. Would Justin Jackson have, like, three great open looks down the stretch and miss, miss, miss? Don't, don't start. Don't. don't. For Hauser, we're, not, we're, not, we're not talking about Justin Jackson. We're not talking about Justin for Hauser, Jackson. For
2: his, for, his, for his benefit, we're not going to talk about Exactly, Justin. exactly. They're,
3: they're open, they're open <laughs> shots? <laughs> oh, no. I didn't know yeah. it was that fast. Oh, we did. We oh, did. Hey, but
2: uh, Um, uh, oh, you shouldn't have. You really shouldn't no, have. No, come man. on. Come he get, had that the here. get that off. Here. Get that oh, out of here. Get back to Hauser. He's trying to. The man's trying to get a job here. Well, we're well, focusing here, on the
3: positive. Well,
1: here's here's okay, the thing about Hauser business. though. <laughs> the, the cool thing about Hauser is that he's not settling. Uh, yep. And by that I simply mean he's not just walking out there and say, "You know, I'm a three-point shooter, so I'm going to just take threes. He's putting the ball on the floor. He's actually, you know, moving the ball when the shot isn't there directly uh he's playing like an all-around good player and opportunities are going to come I mean Mm -hmm. the big thing that he does is that he puts opponents in a pick your poison scenario you either play him straight up which gives Jalen and Jason more opportunities and their other scores to attack but if you don't respect him and you play off him like Toronto did in the first half I thought he's going to make you pay And that's his ability to create space for himself and others. Again, that's what the really good shooters do. But the great ones are able to do that and recognize opportunities to get easy buckets. Because three-point shot is an easy shot, but guess what? A layup is an even easier shot. And, And Hauser is recognizing, if I can put the ball on the floor a little bit better, get a little bit closer to the basket, defenses are going to be so drawn into me. I'm going to have opportunities to beat guys off the dribble. And I don't need to be Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum and do that. I can just be Sam Hauser and be effective. And that's I think what we've seen so far, how much we'll we see once the games really count, that remains to be seen. Who's um oh Duncan Robinson? He's not he's trying to prove I'm gonna that he's tell you not no Duncan though. Robinson. He's, he's trying to prove he's that he's better. not Duncan
2: Robinson. That's
1: what I'm saying. He's a he's a better scorer than Duncan. Duncan, that's I right. think, is a better Duncan, I believe, is a better shooter than Sam. Uh-huh. But Sam is a better score because Sam didn't have to, you know, basically get get his ass cooked before he realized I need to be more than just a three point shooter. Duncan was a defensive liability right. every time he got on the floor. That's kind uh, of what we he heard see?
2: Hauser would have been, but it doesn't. You don't see that right now.
1: And I think part of that was part of the reason why they didn't play Sam much last year. I don't think defensively he was ready to be solid at that end of the floor and be great. Shooting the ball, I think this year he is ready for
3: that. And and they don't have to play him every night. If there's a team like the Warriors where it's going to be super hard for him to guard, you can use less of them that night. And if there's a team like Toronto here that's not going to pick you apart with shooting, I think he outshot Toronto from three uh, himself here. So you can use him in a matchup like that. Uh, they can play some drop defense and just do little things to help hide him. Like, he's not a disaster defensively. Like he can hold his own. He's six eight. He's got length. We've seen him make some plays on that end to start this game. And that's their identity. So they're going to want guys on the floor who can defend. But you have to find some balance. And I think they've done a really good job of that so far. To your point, Shrad, super surprising seeing all this cutting from him. uh, Turnaround jumpers in the post. He hit a runner to tie this game and take the lead and and one late. So there's definitely more in his bag. I think people are surprised to see uh, than just threes. Uh, he has a nice post-up game he had he has kind of a lot of the tools um Gallinari had and I'm not saying he's Gallinari but he has some of the same tools if you look at their game side by side now he's going to lean more in on that three-point shot because that's his job here but nice to see him in the preseason where you want to try different stuff right do those different things and succeed Uh, those those shots inside the arc late were great I thought yeah, and, I, and Bobby, I don't think they're
1: going to worry as much about hiding him as I think we were anticipating because as long as he is doing the great stuff offensively as far as spacing the floor for himself and the other guys, that his best defense is going to be great offense, I believe. Not only in terms of his own shot making, but also the shots that he's able to help create for his teammates when he's on the floor. And defensively, he's... He's not as bad as I thought, I mean, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm looking at the guys that he's being asked to defend. Uh, remember, when he's on the floor, chances are he's probably going to be guarding maybe the at best the third best scorer for the opponent. Uh, and that player will most likely have some type of limitations, whether it's they can't dribble well or they can't shoot. But he's going to have an opportunity to be on the floor because who he's defending probably won't be the best offensive threat out there. And, and if teams start making it a point of trying to, like, you know, uh, to, to go at him specifically, if I'm a Celtics and I, have a, and I have my defense, I don't mind your third option trying to be your number one option. In fact, I would, kinda, I would actually – I would try to draw you into doing that because that's – in the long run, that is going to work out to your advantage because you're going to realize really quick that Sam is not nearly as turn-style, easy pass defensively. As some other guys, you know, who are known as snipers.
3: A little bit more, we'll say uh, we, know, we, we know guys get hunted in the regular season. So, I, I want to see a little bit more against some better teams. I, I have a lot of respect for Toronto, but not offensively. And Charlotte, I thought, was just terrible on Sunday. So, you'll see those same teams again, of course, to rotate out the preseason here. But uh, Philly, game one, that's a good test. Miami, uh, even Orlando's got some guys that can score and be a threat. So, mm-hmm. Seeing him in those early regular season games, I'm excited for. And he's going to play, right? There's no doubt about it. You see a guy do this in the preseason. He's earned his rotation spot, hasn't he?
1: I think so. I think he has. And and, and again, the one thing that he's consistently done in the first couple games is knock down open shots. And those open shots are going to be there once the regular season starts because of the spacing concerns that other teams have when you have a Jalen Brown and a Jason Tatum. You know, an out hole that was something.
3: That was something Jalen said in the locker room tonight. Is the spacing's great? Our spacing's the biggest reason we're getting the offensive output we are right now. And How is certainly part of that. You mentioned Brogdon's role in that. They have a lot of four spacing and shooting on the floor in these lineups.
2: Hauser, perhaps a little bit more athletic than people gave him credit for, which leads us to our sponsor, our other sponsor of the night, Athletic Greens. Guys, Athletic Greens has been a, a great sponsor for us, good friends of the show, and they are now offering everybody here a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase of Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com garden. Everybody on this show uses Athletic Greens. Um, I've been using it for a couple months now. Bobby's dipping out for a second, but he'll be back. I've been using it for a couple months now. I think, Sherrod, you have as well. Looking like you've been using it, Sherrod. Looking good over there. Um, the thing I love about Athletic Green is that it's just your one-stop shop, 75 vitamins, minerals, nutrients, everything you need to get your day going. It's the first thing I take every morning when I wake up. And it, it just kind of gives you that little pep, that little boost. It gives you the nutrients that you need to sort of get you through the long day. I mean, Sherrod's putting a, a late one in tonight, um, and,
1: and it's going to be an early rise tomorrow, right? It's the grind of the season is here, Sherrod. And the taste is what gets me. I mean, it, it's – not nearly as chalky or bitter as, as a lot of you know these these type of products, and for me that's huge. Uh, right. I know it works, uh, but I for it to work and taste pretty good.
2: Yeah, you don't. Can't you don't beat have that. To hold, you don't have to hold your nose every every morning right. when you take right. it. Yeah, right. and you like, just it's, not, it's not like that beet juice and all that other crap that they to you uh, <laughs> mixing all these vegetables. Together. No, this is a lot different. It's lifestyle right. friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. Um, it supports better sleep quality and recovery supports mental clarity. We were talking about that earlier on. Um, and it supports gut health too. It's the one thing. Uh, it's the one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing was not expecting that word in there um and it costs less than three dollars a day which is which is less than a cup of coffee right um and coffee's not doing a whole lot for you guys let's be honest coffee might sound like a good idea but really it's just making you more like what like anxious you know what i mean that's all it's doing it's just giving you anxiety athletic greens actually gives you nutrients and the health that you're looking for so Give it a shot. Um, it's cheaper than all the different supplements that also you could buy. You show up to the, um, what, vitamin, I'm not going to name any names. You show up to a place that sells vitamins, and you look at down the aisle, and you're just overwhelmed by all the products they lift you. This is just everything that you need in one. So, again, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrients. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com garden. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash garden to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And as an added bonus to that, if you do, sign up for athleticgreens.com, take a picture of your receipt. Send a DM of the receipt to John Zanis on Twitter. I forget his handle. I think it's John underscore Zanis or something like that. You guys will follow him by now. Um, send a picture of your receipt and you will get a free phenomenal T-shirt. There it is, guys. Phenomenal T-shirt. This is the very first Guardian Report T-shirt that we are going to be um, selling. So Not only is it pretty stylish, it's um, you know one of, our, one of the uh, more popular coined phrases on the show. It's going to become an instant collector's item. So um, I think it's well worth it just for the shirt alone, but you're actually getting an unbelievable product in Athletic Greens. So go ahead and take a picture of that receipt, send it over to John, and he will set you up. He will mail you the shirt. We have all different sizes, so we're not going to just give you the double XL and make you swim in it or anything like that. Um, Anyways, that's that's Athletic Greens. Thank you to them, guys, and we do appreciate any support you guys can give us that allows us to keep doing this show. It's going to be a long season. It's going to be a fun season and uh, we hope that Athletic Greens will be hanging out with us throughout the course of it. Sherrod, um, until Bobby – I don't know if Bobby's done for the day or what his deal is, but um, it's just me and you again. So you got any um, – you got, you got any um, thing that you haven't hit on yet that, that that's uh, grinding your gears or anything?
1: I mean, we, we've hit on all the really – the main, you know, sexy topics. I mean, Sam Hauser, Tatum, finding ways to contribute when the buckets aren't going, Jalen Brown – is looking more like more of a go-to player that not only is Jalen going to Jalen, but his teammates uh-huh. are now looking like they're going to Jalen. Right. Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Al Horford. Uh, those That's pretty much it. I mean, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get some type of update in the near future on Robert Williams and just see where he's at. I'm curious about that. We do um, need that. There was uh, something but, interesting tonight that came out
2: on Twitter that had nothing to do with the Celtics, but um, a potential um, – you know, competitor of the Celtics down the right here. It looks like, it sounds like Draymond Green and Jordan Poole got into it today um, at practice or whatnot. And there was uh, I can see that
1: physical can see
2: altercation see that. where the Warriors are now considering disciplinary action against Draymond Green. So apparently Draymond, and I'm just going based on, you know, what, what Twitter's coming out on Twitter here. But, you know, Shams is reporting there was a physical altercation at Warriors practice. Um, What's the other thing? Chest-to-chest interaction with Jordan Poole. Escalated green forcefully struck Poole. And both needed to be separated swiftly. So a little trouble in paradise um, to start the season over there in Golden State.
1: Well, hopefully for them it won't be like Bobby Portis, Nikola Miritich (laughs) 2.0. Because that did not end well really for either guy. I mean... Um, but Dr- Draymond, you—that's
0: know... That's not leadership going-
2: quality, though. Draymond, come on, man! You can't—you can—you can, you can want to hit somebody, but as soon as you do, that's—that's kind of crossing the line.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's ways that you can motivate your teammates and get on their and get under their skin and just try to push them to be better, but you don't physically push them. Yeah, <laughs> to get better. Right, right. There's the literal sense, and then there's the figurative sense, and then he might have taken it a little too literally, needing to push Jordan, but. Draymond's gonna be fine. I mean, it's it's, to me, these type of skirmishes have to happen to a team like Golden State because when you look at all the breaks that they seem to get without really necessarily playing their way into those breaks, shit like that, stuff like this is supposed to happen. Right, it's supposed to happen. You know, Uh, I
2: mean,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, think about the think about the NBA Finals. I mean, how different would that have been if Jason Tatum didn't have you know health issues? and you look at when they had their first title run, they, every team they played in the playoffs was missing at least one starter. I mean, how does how often does that happen where you make a title run and every team you play is missing one starter for most or all of that series? So, okay. gold is yeah, so I mean, no, it doesn't happen now. So, yeah, I mean, Draymond getting into it with with the cool boy. I'm good with that.
2: Hey, I'm get good it out with of that. the way now, right? You don't want it to happen like, uh, middle of the season there no. at the or in the
3: playoffs. So, um, and like you said you, i guess you, the you, only interest i guess the only interesting thing about that is you do kind of have three warriors competing for a contract there right and green and pool are two of them not that that motivates that but that is kind of a dynamic on the warriors this year that's going to be interesting it's it's almost known going into this year that one of pool wiggins or green probably isn't going to be back next year which i mean every team has free agents every year but those were three big-time guys uh, who are part of that core out there. And, again, that, this might have had nothing to do with that at all, but uh, that is something I've had my eyes on with the Warriors this year is them pretty much forecasting that uh, we might not have money for everybody at the end of this.
2: One additional – yeah. sorry, Sherrod, what'd you go? No, yeah, go ahead, Jerry. I was going to one additional tweet that uh, Chris B. Haynes tweeted. Draymond Green was apologetic in aftermath of the altercation with Jordan Poole but there was a buildup stemming from teammates noticing a change in Pool's behavior throughout camp with the guard on the verge of securing a lucrative extension. Now, I don't know who's giving him yeah. that info, what side's given what, you know, I mean, but if, if Green's kind of, if Green's kind of speaking for the rest of the team there, then maybe, maybe Pool did need a little shove and say, Hey, you know, you're still part of this team here. You're not a free agent yet. I don't know if that's kind of what the message there was, but at least based on, um, his tweet it sounds like it was something along those lines. So maybe Bobby Bobby's kinda on to something there
3: with the free agency uh looming. Yeah and this team sort of has two eras to it, right? You get your green curry clay era mm-hmm. and then you get your pool Wiggins future with all the young guys there. And They're certainly going to keep Poole. Uh, You know, you see from that report there that he's on the verge of an extension, pretty much, you would think, uh, because he's the young, up-and-coming core piece on this team. And, you know, Wiggins is sort of that middle guy, right? Like, he was great last year, but he's Wiggins. You kind of know who he is. Um, And then Green's the wild card because he's been so good for you for so long, but now he wants, I don't know, $160 something in that ballpark, uh, entering his 30s, starting to decline a little bit. I think. So he's mm-hmm. the toughest contract call out of all of these guys because right. he's not a staple through all your championships. He's one That's of your a hard decision that they're going to have to make. But his best days are probably behind them, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think we've – I mean, me and Sherrod have touched up
2: a lot, a lot about this game, Bobby. I know there's probably a few things that you might want to hit on before we go. Anything um, – you had a bit of a bold a bold prediction. I don't think you're, I don't think you're putting it in stone yet but it was still an interesting point you made um, talking about Jalen Brown. Do you want to, do you want to expand upon that at all?
3: I I just wonder if there's going to be a case that Brown more than we've seen in the past, I'm not going to put the boldest prediction in stone yet, but let me, let me craft it this way to start. He's going to get a lot of looks playing off some of these other creators on this team this year. And we've already seen him just get off to this insanely efficient start nine of 14 tonight, eight of 11 in the first game And sometimes we see Tatum have to take on more of a facilitator role, passing out of doubles and stuff. So, yeah, the volume's always going to be there for Tatum, and it works in his favor. But I wonder if points per game is closer between these two than you would imagine it to be, just because of how easy it's going to be for Brown to score as a finisher, playing closer to the basket, getting open threes, all the different stuff we've seen him do through two preseason games here. Is it possible that Brown could maybe even – Get more points per game this year than Tatum. It's possible. Just based I mean, off how shoot, this team If Tatum functions, shoots like he
2: did tonight, then it's very possible. Yeah,
3: yeah if, mean, if Tatum's more focused on passing, and again, everybody has their role. Be. So, yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's And this doesn't matter. This is just something for us to talk about. But based on how their roles look early on, it's going to be much easier for Brown to score playing off all these facilitators than uh, Tatum is. But one other point from the post game, we talked to Jalen a little bit about practice the other day. He was really going through some pick and roll motions with uh, Kevin Gelly, our friend Kevin Gelly. Kevin Gelly, of course. He, he still maintains I'm a ball handler. Like that's what I see myself as. Like, you know, I'm going to be a creator in this league. I'm going to be a guy who works on the ball. And that was a big thing for Ime last year. We've had our thoughts about that. Um, and he certainly has made efforts to get better in that role. Uh, but he personally still looks at himself and says, I want the ball in my hands hmm. some amount of time on this roster. So something to keep an eye on. Well,
2: he's got to improve in that department. He wants the ball more. Um, I think I think we're going to call it, guys we're close to an hour today. Bobby, anything, um, you know, you're there, Sherrod, you're there. Anything that... Maybe uh, the fans at home didn't notice or, or didn't get the same view of tonight. Um, is the is the Garden – I know it's preseason, but is there, a, is there an excitement around around the start of the season that you guys can, can tell?
1: Well, Sam Houser's making plays, hell yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I guess – Yeah. Guess um, I, w- I wish we could have seen Blake tonight. I know you guys opened the show with that. I don't know why he didn't play a second, but I will say – I thought i heard you guys when i came in talking a little bit about blake but yeah you were about 30
2: minutes into the show
3: they said (laughs) they said uh joe they joe Missoula said uh that they were either gonna play blake tonight or friday and they say blake's in good shape he's ready to go it was 10 a.m this morning so take it for what you will but he was working with some of the second team guys the deep like training camp tryout guys do a scrimmage mm-hmm. this morning and uh he's shaking some rust off for sure so oh. maybe just didn't feel <laughs> quite ready yet to get out there and maybe we'll see it on friday but yeah lots lots of misses and yeah it wasn't pretty this morning but that's shoot around i guess when's the next game
0: yeah,
3: friday in Char- in greensboro against the hornets so we'll be back in two days
2: all right all right, all right. any last thoughts you are you good to go I know you got to get go, on G. with it. Yeah. All right. Good to go. Everyone get a good look at Sherrod and Bobby. They're going to be hanging out with us all season from the Garden. We'll get Joe Sway in, in the in the mix, too. And John, obviously, will be manning the show on most nights. I'll be hanging out as well, sorry to say. Uh, I want to thank Athletic Greens, uh, a great sponsor of ours. Um, don't forget to visit athleticgreens.com slash garden for a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Send that receipt over to John. Get a free phenomenal T-shirt.
3: Woo, phenomenal! Bobby, have you gotten one yet? No, I mean, if I haven't gotten one yet, I think, no honestly, one should, right?
2: Honestly, John, I don't know if John's hoarding these T-shirts or what. I haven't seen <laughs> them. I don't have one. You don't have one. We got to get, we got to get the shipping out there. But um, guarantee you guys, if you do make a purchase, you'll get the shirt. So thank you to Athletic, uh, thank you to Athletic Greens for being a good sponsor of ours. And lastly, but surely not least, we want to thank Com for being another great sponsor of ours, go to com.com slash garden and receive 40% off a premium subscription. Um, we all use com. We all live by it. And um, again, I think it's going to be by uh, it. an important, yeah, we sleep by it. A very good point, Bobby. I think it's going to be an important app this season for South Celtics fans. So thanks again, everybody for hanging out with us. We will see you Friday. Thank you to Sherrod. Thank you to Bobby. Peace out boys. We out.